This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going all good um you know, more rain in the garden. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned that somewhere along the line, my wife might bring out the lawnmower and expect me to deal with it. But beyond that trepidation, it's it's all good. All yeah. good, yeah. Excellent. And uh, Gordon, I see you've washed your face this morning. You've uh, got rid have, of your whiskers. I have indeed. I told you before, I said, if the ANC ever makes an intelligent decision, I will shave my beard off. And as you'll know, last week, uh, Cyril decided we can go out and behave like adults again. So I've shaved my beard off. I kept my part of the deal. Cyril, you keep yours going forward. But so you've got your beard and you're off to the beach then, yes? <laughs> well, off to the beach where one of our guests today, Andrew McFarlane, who is the co-founder of Afsteria and the CEO of Nosco, is based in Mauritius. And in the studio, we've got with us Quentin Stewart, who's the MD and co-founder of Asteria here in South Africa. So we do have somebody at the beach. Andrew, what's it looking like out there? Your speedo on, your sun hat, you got your sunscreen? I, I don't want to scare you with an image of me in a swimming costume and... Uh, Upset your your listeners. Okay, all right, all right. So the three of us are working. Andrew uh, is in Mauritius. He, he he says he's based there, but that sounds like me phoning my missus from the pub. I'm saying on my way home. Um, what we're going to talk about today is is a real media issue, Doc. So mm. if you do nod off, I I kind of get it. Um, and we're going to be looking about the whole around the issue of media monitoring. Although Quentin, I think. As we progress, we're going to discover it, it's kind of it's moved a, a, quite away from where it used to be media monitoring. So, sure. just taking a look at at the history of media monitoring, how, how did this whole kind of monitoring of sound and imagery come about? I mean, to my mind, I seem to rec recall going off once to uh, Melville and seeing these. It was like a, a sci-fi James Bond thing, watching these great big banks of 
uh, listening devices which were capturing sound bites for music royalties. Just give us the background. How does the technology evolve? Where does it come from? Okay, sure. So um, when we first started um, our business, uh, and this is how I met Andrew. He was actually my boss many, many years ago. I was working for Dimension Data, and um, uh, we were writing an online booking system in those years, and it was called Hell Interactive. Now, uh, in those years, you would log into this portal, you would go and plan your campaigns, and you would book your spots, and the instruction would go off to the, to the various um, radio stations. And then we figured out, okay, we, you know, we're talking early 2000s, 2001, uh, and we found that um, our clients, it was one thing booking something online in those years, but it was another thing, did you get it? You know, because it's not like in those years we had uh, Kalahari.net. You know, you would, you would go and buy a, a CD and, you know, five days later in those days, you know, the CD, the CD would arrive. So we realized that with a, media, with a media portal online, you know, there needs to be some kind of um, uh, reconciliation or some proof of um, delivery. So that's when we started looking for uh, monitoring software. And then Andrew found um, this package uh, that's uh, based in the U.S. It's called AirCheck. And we've got the African license for that since then. Um, and, uh, yeah, the business is now 18 years old since then. So, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where Astero comes from. The, um, the tech, our tech is different to the other media monitoring companies. Um, uh, you know, I like to say that we are the only independent and uh, um, autonomous media monitoring company in, in South Africa. What does it mean? Um, with our system, you don't need to send us any of your, any of your content um, beforehand to make a um, detection. So if you think of technology like uh, Shazam on your phone, uh, you need to go and load that song into the Shazam database first before you can make a uh, detection. With ours, it works with um, um, machine learning. The system teaches itself over time. It creates automatic fingerprints. And that's why we are by far the most accurate uh, monitoring company that's available in, in South Africa. So on the media monitoring side, I mean, I'm trying to work out where the end benefit is. Why would anybody pay for anything? Um, I, I, the doc gives me an uh, instruction to book. I book a spot on Station X. I tell the doc, here it is. It's going to run at 8 o'clock in the morning. There's your audience. Um, thereafter, f from the media booking perspective, traditionally anyway, I, I wash my hands of it. Um, I can provide you with a nominal audience, but there's no checking. In the, in the, you know, with, uh, with Out of Home, we would walk around mm. um, and recce the Out of Home building uh, you know, structures and things like that, take pictures, etc., site inspections. Mm. Uh, newspapers had tear sheets, so that was pretty simple. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, is that fun the fundamental? I mean, obviously it's more sophisticated, but fundamentally is that what it's all about? That if I pay 10 Rand for a spot, uh, it's what I call the six prawn theory. You go to a restaurant and order six prawns, which of course now you can, can do again. Thank you, Cyril. Um, <laughs> and the guy delivers five. You want to know where the prawn's gone. But I buy six radio spots. Nobody seems to want to check whether all six flighted. Is that fundamentally where it begins? Yes, so... Uh it starts off with, you know, if you consider a, a media campaign, it starts off with heavy science where uh, experience, uh, uh, planning, 
planning uh, people go and do the strategy with the client to say that the client saying, listen, my LSM is, you know, is this, I, uh, this is my target market, and they're going to spend, you know, a lot of time to go and uh, determine where a spot needs to be placed on which station, etc. Now, if, if so much effort goes into the planning, why not spend the same same amount of effort in checking the execution? Because otherwise, the the the, the strategy falls short. Mm -hmm. So so that's where so that's the one leg of our of our uh, uh, product offering is the actual auditing. But then there's the market intelligence as well. You know, with with our um, technology, if you're a if you're a bank if you're, if, if you're a big bank and you're a big spender, and you want to know you know what your competition doing next day without tech that's um that's that's possible you know if you consider uh what's available in the agencies they use uh, uh, products like delmar which works off logs um that data is at best seven weeks old so with ours it's same day or next day you can see what your competition is doing you know in real time so that's the market intelligence and then obviously you know we do advertising and music so from a music um, perspective, there's the, there's the royalty um, component because uh, musicians, as you know, are suffering now, you know, because they can't perform. Royalties is, 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 is becoming a main form of their income. Now, if you don't properly check um, music, music usage, then they're not getting paid um, properly. So that, as you would know, is a contentious issue and Card Blanche had an insert six months ago about it. Doc, um, I'm going to throw this one at you, then I'm, I'll have a chat to, to Andrew as well. I mean, you've spent big bucks before. What's your sort of view on it? I mean, you, you've you've always had a uh, you've always built in a very strong trust component to your work in relationship with the agency. Did you leave it to them? How did you play yeah, this? Yeah, Gordon, largely, we, you know, we did because it's a specialist field, and I think Quentin, you make the point that we spent, uh, and maybe there are other clients out there who did the same or do the same. Far more time in the planning. You know, we eventually got to the stage where we were running fairly dynamic budgets and fairly dynamic campaigns that we would have weekly media meetings with, with the creative. So we'd have a creative highlights, uh, real uh, status meeting, and then a media. But to answer your question on the monitoring side, we'd rely on you know our media partners. I at one stage had an in-house media person, a specialist who worked for me through various reasons. We we changed that position that got outsourced back into the agency. And then, you know, periodically we'd sit down and, and do do random audits, you know, as you say, from you know your, your tear sheets all the way through and, and outdoor simple. We'd often quite ironically our tour would sit with a site bubble, you know, obviously often electronic, and we'd go through it site by site by site, you know, with, and as you got, you know, through the years, more sophisticated, we had the GPS location, and, you know, I'm going back 20 years, then 10 years, and then, you know, a few years ago. So, yeah, but but as far as audio goes, Gordon, we, we relied a lot on, um, you know, on, on our partners, and then also, you know, both from a TV and radio perspective, you know, and one of the big irritation factors was if we'd specifically bought something, uh, were holding, or we knew our competitor had a holding, which is not, you know, not not that uncommon. We would make sure that our ads were not in that same sort of time band, purposefully that you didn't want clutter, or we would actually want to do it on purpose to irritate them. You know, so there was there was a tactical reason why we do things. Now, there, if that didn't happen, I'd get very irritated because that was a directive that I wanted done specifically. But on your generic buy, I would trust the the agency to come back. Yeah. To so I mean, I think you know, having been on that side, Andrew, I mean, you've 
been in this game for a long time as well. I mean, what's your sort of pan-African perspective on this? I mean, we have comfortably sat here for many, many years believing that um, the spots that I book run, and I get, as you say, I get a log, I'll check it against a flighting log, whether it's audio or, or a television commercial, or the TV we tend to trust, um, Transmit or Ariana data, which is real time. So it's really, I guess, the audio, that's the gap. Um, but I, I would always tell my clients, we don't really have a problem with this in Nigeria or Ghana or uh, Kenya. There's a big problem with flighting. Andrew, I mean, your sense of it from a Pan-African perspective, do, are we playing into the same kind of gap now uh, as the rest of Africa? I mean, how, out of every 10 rand that's spent, how many, how many of the spots do you see that you know, doesn't, doesn't appear? Is it 1 out of 10? Is it 2 out of 10? What, what's the kind of norm? Well, I, I think at first, one's got to take a step backwards if you consider the amount of money that's been spent on radio and television worldwide and, and in South Africa and in Africa, per se. You know, I, I think just from a business perspective, it's prudent to, to check that you're getting stuff before you, before you actually pay for it. Um, you know, companies get audited. Um, they're not auditing themselves. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the whole concept of auditing and independent auditors is, is, is not new because we came along. The idea of having an independent read uh, is, is essentially about peace of mind because there's big money changing hands. And we've, you know, clearly we can't um, uh, name providers and, and, uh, and uh, with, with exact um, their, their failures, but um, it, it's, it's not pretty. Um, so to answer your question out of 10, it, it doesn't work that way. We we find that, um, that, that 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 things will be right for three or four months, and then suddenly there will be a disaster. So it's not you know it's an average of nine percent that's going missing. It, it doesn't work that way. And I think the other thing one's got to take into consideration is is that you know running radio t stations and television stations is a complex business. You've got all these logs that have got to be coordinated. You've got people to do live reads and there's all sorts of booking systems and log logging systems. It's a complex business. And um, if you throw in poor attention to detail, um, it becomes a bit, it can become a bit messy. Now, obviously some, some, some providers are far better than others, but it, all of them make mistakes. And, 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 and that's not an unusual thing in business. So I think from a buyer's perspective, it just, it's just prudent to, uh, have a check going on in the background to make sure that before you pay any money that uh, that you actually got what you paid for. Yeah, and I then think following on, well, what is the point of doing a whole lot of post-campaign analysis on stuff that you didn't get? I, I don't get that. Yeah, no, look, that 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 is the point. And I've done a lot of auditing for pretty much all the major auditing groups around the world, so I understand yeah. there's there's an expectation of a yield. Your client has given you X amount for an audit. Uh, you're almost bound, you know, on a bound to find something that's gone wrong. But I think, you know, we've got a new reality as well. So it's not just about error. You've got things like load yeah. shedding. You've got whole you know, hours of programming time that just disappear. Uh, those things need to be captured. So, I mean, I, I presume you can capture, in inverted commas, the absence of sound, Quinton. I mean, yeah. how do you deal with something like load shedding? So let me give you a perfect example. So, uh, you know, you're a... A prime media you're a yfm you know and you use centric for your um, transmission so we had a case where at the central point of um, transmission in bromfontein uh the same there was a, a problem with the centric um transmission so from a studio um perspective you've got a competition moment you've got people phoning in yet 
the signal's not going out. Um, and that happened very recently, and it was because of uh, load shedding, it was because of unscheduled uh, maintenance, uh, you know, that type of stuff. So from a radio um, perspective, when a client phones in and says, listen, can you send me a copy of the ad as it played? They will gladly um, send that to you. But the consumer driving in their car or consuming radio from, from, from home didn't hear it. And the radio station are none the wiser because, I mean, obviously they are recording from studio. And that's where, that's, that's, that's one of our uh, key points is that we record from uh, transmitter. So we don't record from, from streaming, you know, and because purely for our auditing um, product is that we, we want to tell the marketer that this is the product as the consumer would have heard it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to media auditing, um, I think you've got it. It's, it's a difficult line to walk because going into it, um, what you're really trying to do at the end of the day as an auditor is, is develop best practice. So you, you should always be looking out for the good things as well as anything else, not just. So let's just cover that off. Auditors don't just look for the what's missing. They look at for what's Absolutely. hit target, what's done well, etc. Um, but at the end of the day, as I said, you know, every time I get into an audit, I can see from the tonality of the exchange the client's expecting some money back. So is there buy-in from, from the broadcasters? Um, and I throw this, I, Andrew, to you and or Quentin. Is there buy-in on that side? It's all very well me going to Station X and saying, I have found the following things are missing. But if they don't buy into your, uh, your technology, they just say, well, we work on logs. So how do I extract the value from that um, without the media owners buy-in. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Okay, so um, we've got two products. We've got a compliance certification, which is a client, a, a, a marketing um, product. So we'll take your, your booking confirmation contract as a, as a marketer and we'll do, the, we'll do the auditing on that. That's a, that's a month in, in arrears and we'll just check that, that everything went out as, as planned. You know? But then we've got a, a radio station product called Error um, Reporting, which is an overnight service where we check on the radio station side uh, it's it's basically a, a service level agreement um, product where we help them do their own internal government uh, governance so that in the event something happened a DJ bumped a spot to the to the to the next um, time channel we can notify the internal trafficking people that something like that happened the advantage of, of, a, of a service like that is that no compensation claims will be pay out, uh, paid out in future. You can correct that campaign in the running period of the of the um, campaign. And to answer your question, we've got we've got a few we've got a few um, radio stations that's um, subscribing to that service. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's great. So, I mean, you're, you're I, I, yeah. go, Andrew. Yep. Sorry. I, I just think I think where we changed the game was was we we in the old days there was a case of if there was a query or, or some doubt that a log would be would be provided as, as broadcast log. Now you you can you can if you've got the right software you can make an as broadcast log look in in any way you you, you wish. Yeah. So that 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 those days in those days it was probably acceptable but the way we changed the game was we started checking booking confirmation contracts 
And those are essentially the promises, contractual promises, and for which uh, invoices are issued. Um, and, and to be quite frank, it didn't make us that popular um, to start with. But I think the world's changed. I, I think clients are, are beginning to become de more demanding. Uh, stations are realizing that there's, there's a hell of a lot more stations now than there were, say, 20 years ago. Um, you, of course, you've got all the digital stuff as well, and they're running around with all the numbers and the so-called science. Um, you know, you know I, I, th I, th I think it's, it's the, the move towards being a more transparent, accountable supplier is, is, is not just impacting our industry. I think it's a, a worldwide thing. Yeah, look, and, what's is, and what's enabling it is technology. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, for me, the breakdown very often came in the past uh, and up until fairly recently in terms of who pays for this. So procurement yeah. gets it. So if I'm sitting in your chair today, Doc, as the market, I'm saying to the procurement guy, if you want this thing, I trust my agency. They sort this kind of thing out for me. You pay for it. Um, you know, but the procurement is saying, no, 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 no. We, you know, you've, as a sealed unit, you've got to provide us with the proof. So I guess the, the way out of this, Quentin, is to pick up some of the points you mentioned a little earlier, which is to shift this monitoring from the negative ticking into the kind of marketing and broader monitoring. And I know you've got two, Aircheck and Nosco are two of your bigger products with a really different kind of spin and a whole lat a whole range of offerings. Talk a bit about how you're moving from the kind of negative aspect of auditing into this broader monitoring in the real time, Doc. I mean, real time, I could see you perk up there. In the old days as a rep, uh, you know, I would sit and go through the Sunday Times or, or any one of the big titles and you could see who was advertising and who you were getting or who you were not getting. So mm. how, how do you move it into the marketing space now? So, yeah, yeah you know, um, the auditing is one of our is is one of our um, product offerings is very uh, popular. But then, like I said, the market intelligence is very uh, popular on the other side, where we've got a every day at twelve o'clock we've got a breaking activity um, report that goes out to the industry that um, subscribe to that. And with that report, you can see you can have your your finger on the pulse, um, so to say, to, to, to see what's happening in the industry, you know, what's breaking campaigns. So if you're, a, if you're for instance, a, a net bank and you want to look at what F&B is um, doing, you can, you can monitor, you can follow that um, report um, and you can see whenever there's a new breaking, breaking banking um, campaign from F&B, you've got access to the content in the report. You can actually go and peruse the, the, the content or listen to it. Um, and then work out a counter um, strategy. So, you know, we do radio and TV, so, you know, it goes for uh, TV campaigns as well. So uh, that's on the one side. Um, on the other side, if you're a radio station and you want to improve your sales, we've got reports like uh, exclusive advertisers where you can compare five radio stations and you can say, I want to look at the exclusive advertising um, comparing these five stations. That's in instant sales leads uh, to your uh, direct sales team. Um, we've got uh, we've got sellout reports that uh, that can be used by Ecasa with or, or or by the station itself to to um, to look at which are your more popular time channels to maybe increase or decrease uh, your um, your rate card. We've got a CPM analysis report that will. 
that will actually analyze your, your rate card versus your audience and it will compare stations uh, to each other to, 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 to show are, am I more expensive or cheaper than my competitor because then your, then your salespeople can, uh, can walk into a boardroom uh, to a client to say, listen, I know the agency's planning tool will say pick station X, but this is why you, you, you should pick our, our station with, with independent tools other than what the industry currently uses and you know we know what those tools are audience figures versus context um, and competitive environment doc i mean were you a instinctive marketer or were you a long-term grounded out against the strategy kind of guy uh, probably a little both gordon but but more instinctive in the earlier days i you know when i worked for in the national stable smaller budgets more of a challenger brand uh and and certainly when we got into cell phones we our budgets were tinier compared to the network so we would often buy tactical buyers uh, and in art, you know what I mean? We, we had very good relationships. I'm looking just at radio with a lot of the DJs around the country. And we would go that extra mile to go and make sure we, we really stretched the elastic, you know. And one of the things I think we pride ourselves on those days was um, sort of punching above our weight. So it was really a question of more tactical. You know, as I got into bigger budgets there, you know, you've got a, you, you've got a more robust strategy, a more of a longer term plan. And so therefore, you know, although I said to you we had weekly meetings, we didn't change things weekly. I just wanted to keep, and I was present at most of those meetings to keep uh, a, a plan, uh, you know, keep my finger on the pulse against, uh, you know, against that. So it was the strategy and tactics. But having said that, you know, even when I was with bigger budgets, we were still up against two formidable competitors. So I like to inculcate a challenger mindset of saying, guys, you can do better, we must do better, and you can stretch and you can buy better. And, and, and I've often, and I've said it before on the show, Gordon, you know, sometimes and we had to check ourselves that we didn't fall into that trap. Sometimes the guy with the biggest checkbook is just that. Is the guy with the biggest budget, not the smartest person. You know, sometimes an entry to your point of governance and, and all of that stuff, of course, that is important and increasingly so and should always be. Uh, and, and again, I guess the, the challenge to bigger marketers out there with bigger checkbooks is don't be that person, you know, uh, who's just got the big checkbook. Yeah, um, just talking about challenger brands, um I read an interesting article this week in in, uh, in Walk World Advertising Research Council, uh, one of their reports, and they were talking about how big brands should respond to challenger brands with like four points of reaction. But one of them, interestingly enough, Quentin, was um, that they should monitor the activity of challenger brands. So do you have big brands doing that kind of thing, or is it the small brands that are kind of monitor the big guys? I mean, we, we, is there a perfect pitch for you, or, or do you across the board? You know we've got we've got big clients and small clients. Um, small clients, for instance, don't have uh, heavyweight planning people. So what they would normally do is they would go and analyze uh, very successful campaigns of the big advertisers. With because with our with our tech, you can go pull, you can go pick a specific campaign. You can go look at the media schedule. What did they pick? Which stations did they pick? What time channels? So you can you can actually backward engineer your plan from there so that's 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 the small clients big clients love to look at each other you know um I, you know i think sometimes they are you know they they look at what the spend is you know where, which stations uh you know they try and analyze uh strategy they love the the cpm reports um yeah, so everybody's looking at everybody at this stage. Um, and then, you know, 
Sorry, I'm back. Yeah, I just I was going to say I had a, a panic attack here. I'm the I'm the chief Luddite in the studio, and uh, I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was Hurricane Eloise or whether you'd gone surfing there, Andrew. But thanks, yeah, we we got you back eventually. The pina colada is full. The now. pina colada. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it talks to the question that you asked me about um, Pan Africans' performance. Uh, it was a li electricity outage. Okay, well that serves you right then for even contemplating that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, coming back, Quentin and, and Andrew, uh, what's the best way for folks to uh, to get hold of you? Okay, very simple. We've got a website called fstereo.com. It's A-F-S-T-E-R-E-O.com. Uh, and uh, all our contact details are on there. We've got a Twitter handle, fstereo, at fstereo. We've got a Facebook handle, at fstereo. Um, you know, and our office line is zero one zero five hundred double one double one. Okay, just you, you mentioned Twitter there, and I'm conscious of time now as we wrap up, and then I'll throw it to you to wrap up, Doc, at the end. But um, looking at some of the the other players in this space, I was chatting to one of my colleagues this week, and he was talking about their ability to monitor activity across social media platforms, so I can analyze content on a Twitter versus an Instagram versus a a Facebook versus a LinkedIn, whatever, and you can see if there's a consistency of messaging. Do you have that capability as well? Okay, so currently we're busy with a project with uh, the University of um, Johannesburg. It's called the uh, Gross National Happiness. It's all over news uh, where we analyze the real and you know in real time the national sentiment, you know, and whatever topics been um, um, spoken about. Um, so that's a that's a, a Twitter product. Uh, a product um, in terms of Facebook and Instagram monitoring you know that's a very difficult um, platform to go and monitor because you need to be Facebook or Instagram to mm. actually monitor because you know there's the Cambridge Analytica history where it you know f for me to be able to monitor what's on your timeline you have to go and install an app and give me permission to act actually do that so Independently monitoring Facebook and Instagram is a very difficult exercise. So, you know, everybody out there that tells you that they're doing it, um, I will frown. Uh, I'm a technologist myself, so I understand how it works. Uh, Twitter, Twitter's open. You know, everybody can listen to the Twitter stream. It's what you do with that stream. So the GNH uh, product, there's a website called gnh.today. You can go and have a look at the real-time national sent or uh, South African sentiment. And we do that for South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Great Britain, Italy, France, Germany, um, I'm missing a country, Spain. So, yeah, that's, uh, we're doing that with the University of uh, Johannesburg for those countries. Well, if the uh, Australians are successful in hosting the British Lions, so I suspect <laughs> our sentiment towards them will change <laughs> quite dramatically. But uh, Andrew and, and Quinton, thanks for being with us today. Doc, I know this was uh, pretty much a media topic, so thanks for indulging yeah, me on this one, but no, I'm going to leave it to you to wrap. No, absolutely, Gordon. And I think, you know, just, uh, I mean, the takeout for me, and again, Quinton, thanks for, for the time in studio today. Andrew, uh, we're going to leave you to go back to, back to the beach. Uh, but thanks for your time. Uh, I think the takeout, Gordon, as we've always said, and we've said for the last year and a bit on the show, is for marketers out there is to educate yourself to be more in the game across across areas. You know, uh, As I say, you know, I spent a lot of time working with my media house, but that doesn't mean we, we did it as robust as we could or, or maybe should. And into the future, you know, my, uh, my, my 
I sort of pledge or urge to rather to, to marketers out there is familiarize yourself with what's out there and make sure that, uh, and don't leave it to procurement. You know, your job, procurement's job is not to do your job. Your job is to make sure that you get the best bang for your buck. And, uh, and so from my side, that's what I would leave it with. But yeah, Gordon, thanks for, for getting the guys in. And, um, and yeah, so please, for our listeners out there, be part of the conversation. Get hold of F Studio. Quinton's giving you the details. Uh, we'll put it out on, on our site. And uh, yeah, so Gordon, until next week, we'll see you then. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I said I'm going to give it to the doctor wrap up, but I lied. Um, so just your, your last comments are relevant to me. And, and I think I would urge anybody out there who's listening today, take a look at the World Federation of Advertising report. The WFA report is called Project Spring. It's about the fusion of uh, the processes in procurement and marketing and how there's a global initiative to, to get these two forces, sometimes opposing forces, to work together. And I think it, it augments very well or augurs very well for, for this kind of monitoring that's going beyond procurement into the marketing space. So to all the listeners out there, thanks for joining us. Please feel free to fire away any questions on our various social media platforms. And we look forward to having you uh, next week. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.